Welcome to Cult America, where we discuss the weird, wonderful, and worrying rituals and sacrifices that make America great. I'm Carl Joseph Black, a Brooklyn native born into the cult that is America. And I'm Lisa Charlotte, a migrant who totally bought into the cult from afar. And I just did the nods for Samori because he's not here today. Yeah. America, great. Great? Yeah, I did it. <laughs> I can never live up, but I can try. Samori, you are missed, my always, friend. Always. So what's going on, Lise? Um, just wondering, America or cult? Just jumping right in. No cult play today. I, We're I, going right for it. Let's go for it. Okay. The leadership dictates who you can and cannot marry, what to wear, and what to do with your children. Cult. Yeah, damn, you're right. But it's pretty similar to America. In some ways, but not all the way. Well, we're going to get into that. But first, we're going to talk about a cult that you may probably not have heard of. Okay. Um, It's called The Family. And I know we did Children of God before, and at one point they were called The Family. But yeah. this is The Australian Family. Oh. Yeah. Is this like a mafia? No. Oh. Um, Is this is... like a part of Fast and Furious? Unfortunately not. We're talking about the Australian women-led cult. Oh. The family. So it was founded in the 1960s outside of Melbourne, which is where I lived for 10 years in okay. in Australia and is like probably now, don't tell South Australia, my home in Australia, mm. um, by a woman named Anne Hamilton Byrne, who claimed to be Jesus reborn as a woman. Ooh. So she's one of the very few women cult leaders and apparently one of the cruelest. Because, you know, oh, if women want to be stepping into positions of power, it's they like, got to be doing the most. I got to fucking outdo <laughs> these men. I got to show them that they, they're just average cult Exactly. Kings. Like, women cult leaders just have to do so much more work, you know? This is how you fucking do this cult <laughs> shit, by the way. So they operated in almost total secrecy for about two decades. Their motto was unseen, unknown, unheard. Wow. Which sounds like how my parents thought children should be when I was growing up. Wow. You know? Wow. No, that's not true. Did, pew, did, you, pew. Have the, did you have the thing children have seen and not heard? Um, We didn't have that. But when I was growing up, my mom was just like, mind your business. I mean, mind your business is also Mind a your good business. One. Speak when you're spoken to. Oh, yeah. That's uh, another one. That's grown folks business. Yeah. Mine was yeah. children. Children are seen and not heard. Ah. Which, to be honest, like now being an adult, spending time around children, I'm like, it's not the worst philosophy. It, you know, like children be, are noisy. You know, kids be asking, man, fucking They're questions. annoying. You'd be like, why? <laughs> you have games in your phone? I'm like, I don't have games in my phone. Let me see. I'm like. <laughs> You don't trust what I said? Let me see. <laughs> I'm like, yo, <laughs> stop asking questions. Leave <laughs> me the fuck alone. Shut up. <laughs> so the teachings are a mishmash of Christianity, Eastern mysticism, and apocalyptic prophecy. So she allegedly forced her followers, including children, to take dangerous amounts of LSD. We've seen this before. And other hallucinogens as part of their initiation rites. Mm. And once they'd submitted, she'd dictate every aspect of their lives. So there was just one rule, which is to do absolutely everything she said, and that included what to think, what to wear, what to eat, who to marry, and who not to marry. Total obedience. Jesus. Yeah. Doing the most. Wow. One thing that I do appreciate is she handpicked her followers from Melbourne's wealthy professional elite with the promises of spiritual fulfillment, which kind of feels fair. I Very can't be smart. mad at that strategy. <laughs> Very smart. If you're going to fuck with people... Fuck, fuck with, with the rich. Stupid rich people. Fuck with the rich. And it was like in that time when new age stuff was all the rage. She used to come up and she used to be like, I've been waiting for you. 
you're special. Oh. Like, great strategy. Rich people love to hear that They shit. love that shit. They're like, oh, wow, I didn't have to tell you I was special. No, you know you, you see knew me. You know I was special You already. see me. And if you're from Australia, you know that no one's fucking telling you you're special. That's Word. against our culture. Yeah. So these people, like, you see me. Yeah. Thank you. Damn. I'm glad she wasn't around me. She could have got me. She could have got me. She'd be like, Carl, you're special. You're and you would be else. like, I am. I'd have been like, yo, tell me more. So take some LSD, let me tell you. Yeah, I'd yeah. Have been like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, this next bit might change your mind on this. So when the police finally acted in 1987, it was after two children had fled the cult. By then, she'd collected 28 children. Wow. Through bogus adoption and gifts from followers, people gifted her babies. Wow. 14 of them she dressed identically and dyed their hair platinum blonde. Wow. And I just don't know. Do you want to see these kids? Yeah, let me see the kids. <clears throat> I don't know if you fit her aesthetic. Oh, shit. That shit looks scary as hell. I know. I feel cursed from looking at that. That photo. shit look like some crazy, weird Adams family type yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like they all look like Wednesday, but with platinum hair. Yeah, it's, it's really freaky. She let the redheads keep their hair because she was a redhead. Oh, but they were super special. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Wow. Um, she told them all, she dressed them all identically, dyed all their hair blonde. She told them that they would survive the end of the world and become the new master race. Wow. Um, oh, for wow. some of them, she faked pregnancy. She wore like, you know, in 10 things I had about you, like the pregnancy belly. Yeah. She like faked her pregnancies and told them that they were hers, even though they were not. Wow. Like so fucking weird. Anyway, she massed an estimated Australian $150 million through property and land and cash that was just donated by her followers. So she became rich herself. Yeah, exactly. She hid overseas. Um, so she had a place in Kent in the UK and she had a place in upstate New York and was arrested in 1993 on relatively minor fraud charges and just paid like 5000 Australian dollars and had no jail time. Wait, 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 wait. She, so first she was she was in New York? Yeah, upstate New York. It feels like upstate New York has a lot of cult shit going on. Yo, <laughs> just letting y'all know real quick. I know it says the whole thing is New York, but like it's there's not. New York and then there's upstate. Yeah. And you know like they saying? have Confederate flags up there. Yeah, like it's, it's a like, different place. It's a different place. So like if somebody says they're from New York, they're probably from the five boroughs. Mm. But if somebody says they're from upstate, they're from upstate. Mm. It's a it's a whole it's other a place. Fucking, it's every, wild. Like, like 60% of the people up there are off their rocker. Mm-hmm. Uh Nexium. That's where they were, yeah. upstate New York. See? That's why shit like that could happen up there. Yeah. That yeah. shit not happening on Flatbush. I mean, there was <laughs> that cult in the Upper West Side, but were we surprised? Yeah, it's, it's the Upper West Side. <laughs> they just be trying shit. <laughs> I don't know. They expedited back to Australia. She got minor fraud charges, $5,000, no jail time. So she's Fucked free. up all these lives. Well, she was until 2019. She died at the age of 98, which just feels too long for her to live. Oh, wow. So she only just recently died. She had dementia for like 12 years. She probably had mad stories. They, well, they, they try to interview her. So there's been like a recent documentary. Because this is like a very, like when I was researching this cult, yeah. there was very little resources on it. It's like wow. not that well known. And there's one documentary, which I didn't actually get to watch the documentary. I just saw it referenced because it's where most of the information comes from. And they try to interview her, but she's just like fucking gone. Yeah. Dementia, just yeah. out of it. So anyway, that's uh, the family. Wow. And so our cult behavior today is the leadership dictates sometimes in great detail how members should think, act, and feel. 
For example, members must get permission to date, change jobs or marry, or leaders prescribe what to wear, where to live, whether to have children, how to discipline children, and so forth. So the cult behavior today is controlling the body. Yes. The, the, the name of today's episode is The Body, and we are going to talk about super, super fun things like the way that America uh, treats women and queer people specifically. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with permission to date and marry. Okay. And sort of like the queer rights, gay rights movement. I mean, obviously there's a long history. We're going to start with Stonewall in 1969. Okay. Which is also the year my mom was born, actually. So, Shout out. So Stonewall tidbit. I used to get my hair cut at this barber shop on Flavish Avenue and like 7th Avenue. Like my barber was cutting hair there, but it was also a hair salon. Mm. And one of the hairdressers there was at Stonewall. Oh, wow. And and he was in the Stonewall documentary. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And uh, he just always tells stories about, like, how of course life you was would. back then and shit. And just, I was like, damn, y'all were some real gangster motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all wasn't fucking around. It's a riot. This was yeah. a riot. And now yeah. they have a fucking parade. Yeah. They're like, cool, we're just going to like all wear rainbows and have a parade and, and like forget game. that this would have been completely sold in the media as like a riot. Yeah. Well, for the listeners who don't know about Stonewall, the Stonewall, Stonewall is named after the Stonewall Inn. Mm-hmm. Have you been there? I haven't been to the Stonewall I have, Inn. I've been there. I've been to a few oh, shows. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Like, it's like they have heaps of cool stuff there. I think I went and saw... My friend was here and like I went and stole like a Buffy live recording thing with a drag show, like oh, just standard, standard wow. stuff. That's dope. So Stonewall's in Greenwich Village mm -hmm. in Manhattan. And Greenwich Village historically is like super queer, LGBT area. Motherfuckers hanging out, partying, doing whatever the fuck they want, living their lives. I remember that area a lot growing up mm. in New York. Like my dad, he used to drive a cab mm. and like he would like just on days off or before his shift starts, if I'm with him, we would drive over there and it was very much still like that. So it's just always been that type of area. Mm. And it's interesting. So our audio engineer, Sarah, shout out, has this incredible podcast called Cruising, which is going around to all the last lesbian bars. So it's like living history. It's well, amazing. Yeah, I yeah. should send it to you. I don't As know if should. I have sent it. You have it. You should listen. It's really great. And they were talking to people in Seattle and they were saying that a lot of the bars that were for gay people were owned by like mafia and shit. Yeah. And so like what would happen is like there was this like shitty like, relationship where like the money wasn't a going to the queer community but then also like the police would like come through and do raids all the time and so usually they get a heads up about the raid it's like all oh, the police are going to come through yeah my understanding is a stonewall riot Marsha p johnson who was a black trans woman mm -hmm. threw like a brick at them and was like fuck this we're not going down and it started this massive riot and it was like the first time people had ever fought back so basically the police used to come through and like fleece the place like yeah. take all the money beat people up and they were like fuck this yeah and it was in june which is why pride month is june is june mm. yeah all hell went loose yeah it's probably like what happened with the george floyd thing like they yeah. had been black lives matter protests before yeah but it was like because they were getting it. like increasingly violent mm. Mm. and then this one was like the like the one they were like all right cool like the police we're done we're, we're really tired of nypd beating mm. the shit out of us yeah. so like we about to whoop your ass yeah 
I mean, there are like incredible resources and podcasts about this. There's like, you know, episodes and episodes. We, if you haven't heard of it, that's the crux of it. But this is where I'm going to start it because I feel like, you know, that was like a pivotal moment. Mm -hmm. And so there's like this, you know, long history and timeline of the movement. I'm just going to shout out some like key dates. So Mm -hmm. that's 1969. In 1977, Harvey Milk wins a seat on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors and introduces gay rights, protecting gay and lesbians from being fired. Mm-hmm. Which is just like, it's too recent. Yeah. It's too recent. Yeah. <laughs> That's like 10 years before I was born. It feels too too recent. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also a court case where a transgender woman sought to play in the US Open and was denied entrance and she sued and won and got to participate the next year. In 1981, the New York Times prints the first story on the AIDS crisis, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't know if you hung around in gay bars that much. So gay bars in New York are very, very welcoming. Mm. But like, like, I'm not the type of person that likes to kind of bother people. So if I'm like, all right, this is your space, this is your space. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, well, everybody has rights, so I'm going to sit in your space. Oh, I get what you mean. Okay, but I have a question for you. Yeah. Your birthday, the bar we went to, Mm -hmm. I was the only white person in the bar. And I had a moment where I was like, am I allowed to be here? But I'm like, I'm here for Carl. So, like, but, like, as a white person, should I, if I walk into a bar, it's all black people. Should I walk out again? But I was like, I'm here for Carl. So, like, I'm not going to not come to your birthday yeah. because I'm the only white person in the bar. And I'm yeah. sure you had other white friends there. We, I just got there real late. So yeah, there I had a other few white people friends left. Yeah, my, my boy Tom was there, white dude. Yeah, but he wasn't there when I got there. When yeah. I got there, I yeah, was the had only white already. person there. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And he was the only white person. Okay, cool. So, we, we just tag teamed in and out. You know what I'm saying? And everyone's looking you, over you, you like, your... you're inviting whiteies? I mean, okay. The white folks had a shift. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? His shift was over. I just over. allowed one at a time. <laughs> His shift was over. She came in. It's all good, y'all. Yeah. It's all good. It's it's interesting because I think when it comes to color, there is a cultural element that kind of comes into play, right? So, like, if you're a white person that really appreciates hip-hop culture and you really appreciate black culture in general. I mean, all culture here to me is foreign because I'm foreign. So, like, word. for me, I'm just like, well, whatever it is, I'm still, like not from here cool so like so if- i don't i don't necessarily care but then yeah. i just get moments where i'm like because like i mean that's the thing being bisexual woman like where's my bar and i go right. to gay bars and it same kind of thing sometimes i'm like the only woman there all the bars are your bars yeah i just am like everywhere seems fine yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's all it's all <laughs> i don't fit in in any of them there's no australian bars left the australian bar closed so. yeah yeah that makes sense mm. damn Damn, why did the Australian bar close? No, it's okay. It's like, but yeah, it's just, it's interesting to think about. And this is why I think Sarah's podcast is so great. Because there's only like something like 30 bars left. Lesbian bars. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then I don't feel right in lesbian bars either. I feel like I stand out as like the bisexual, you know? Uh, So I tend to go to gay bars. Is there a look? I don't know. Like, I think also just like, I came into my bisexuality later. I definitely am much more intimidated by women than men. Yeah. And because I have like put on weight in COVID and whatever, I'm always like, oh, I, I think because I was brought up and very judged by women that I feel like women will then more harshly judge me, which is kind of stupid. Like, so it's like, definitely in my head. Judge you based on your body? Like, be, like I'm too fat to be with, like, I'm not good enough to be with a woman. Oh. Whereas, like, men is just like, I don't care about you. Like, I'm so much more like whatever with men yeah. and men approach me more. So I just end up with men. Yeah. 
And with women, I, was, I think it's because women yeah. are just hotter. Every bisexual is like this bisexual woman. They're like, women are goddesses. I could never live up to them. And I'm like, men, whatever. I was just about to say that about like gay men. Mm. These motherfuckers hit the gym. Oh, yeah. I think the other thing is being Australian and being quite like blunt. I feel yeah. like I get along very well with gay men. Yeah. Like a lot of my best friends are yeah. like gay dudes. And I'm like, it's because we're both just like blunt. And they're like, oh, you're sassy. And I'm like, cool. Women just think I'm a bitch, but like you can Listen, call me sassy. I be looking at them, I'm like, yo, damn, man. I'm glad that you don't like women because you would definitely steal my girl. You look <laughs> mad good, bro. <laughs> I feel like you look mad good, bro. How many sit ups did you do to get all those abs? How? Oh, yeah. Like, what did you not eat? Like, put me on. <laughs> put me on. The reason I asked you if you've been to gay bars is because in the pandemic, they were actually incredibly strict about COVID. And it's because they deal with a fucking pandemic already. Like, right. they dealt with a pandemic already. Like, there was a big conversation about that. Like, everyone's like, oh, you know, da 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 da. And the queer spaces were like, yeah, we fucking did this in the oh. 80s. And we're not fucking around with it. Like, the places right. that I went to that were the most litigious about this, like, yeah. You have to have a vax card. You have to have a mask. You have to do this. Like, we have someone checking, like, specifically, we're gay bars. Yeah. Definitely. Which I just, like, obviously. Anyway, so first story on that was 1981. Because yeah, no absolutely. one gave a shit about yeah, that community. Which is, which is fucked up. Yeah. So... There was a lot of anti-gay hysteria around the AIDS crisis. I love we're just laughing and now we're just like, and now it's AIDS. Yeah. Everyone has AIDS. You've seen Team America? AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. How have you not seen Team America? My bad, bro. So, you know Rent? Yes. They do a parody of Rent. Oh. And the song is, everyone has AIDS. Oh, okay. AIDS, 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 AIDS which oh. is kind of what Rent is, to be honest, to be fair. It you is. know what? We're not going to go into this because I really love Rent. I love Rent too. Okay. But we can still laugh about it. Uh, sure. It's, it's, I don't it know. Is, I don't know. I just, it. I just don't do well with Rent slander. I mean, Rent is <laughs> La Boheme. <laughs> yes. You know, like it's, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a ripoff. But like, look, Rent is great. I love Rent too. I have a place in my heart for it also. Word. I mean, I do think the South Park take was funny. Anyway, so. The first state to outlaw discrimination based on sexual orientation was Wisconsin, which is surprising to me. Wow. In 1982. Wisconsin. In 1986, there was a case uh, during, so obviously the AIDS crisis is still going on here, and it ruled that Georgia's criminal sodomy laws were constitutional, and it took 20 years to overturn, mm -hmm. which is in 1986. Yeah. The case that overturned that case was Lawrence v. Texas. 2003. 2003. Yeah. That's way too recent. That's way too That's recent. That's like, I was That's in like grade yesterday. 11. Yeah. That's like yesterday, bro. Yeah. 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 Um, and we learned about that in constitutional law and law school because, well, our professor is, you know, she identifies as, well, I, I don't know if it's queer or if it's just LGBT. Mm. Yeah. She identifies I, within the rainbow family. Right. Cool. Um, so she spent like a lot of time. Like, a lot of what we learned centered around this. Yeah, apparently um, so. Yeah, which was which was really cool because it was just a, an entire part of my life that I just, you know, didn't really know much about. Yeah. 
And like, you know, hip hop has a streak of like homophobia. hundred percent. So that being the first major course that I had in law school, Mm. like really seeing how people were fighting for their rights and how many court cases it took to kind of get there, you know, was like really incredible to see and learn something that's interesting i guess because i have moved around a lot and i'm a migrant here and i'm a queer woman but even before i was identified as queer i was very much like part of that community in terms of like trying to understand it but i think when you move around a lot you're sort of forced to like take on everything at once so i'm like okay well if i care about women's issues or queer issues i mean i care about issues of people of color or like issues of whatever and like you just keep like trying to do that but i think that if you've grown up in like the same place in the same community unless you're really pushed to you know explore that it's less likely that you will does that make sense yeah that makes sense it's it's like you're really stepping out whereas like i'm stepping out of my country and so if someone's stepping out of my country and living in another country i have to like be like okay shit now i have a whole other history i need to learn about and a whole other whatever i have to learn about and like that's like my responsibility but i feel like if you've been in the same place your whole life it's very easy to just remain in your assumptions and and not try to like be intersectional in your approach to equality. It's tough because like when I was growing up, I grew up in a predominantly black Caribbean community and males who are from the Caribbean are typically even more aggressive against the gay community in Mm. their home countries. It's to the point where there's in Jamaica, there's a song that's like super popular. It's called Chichiman and um, the song is literally about burning gay people. And like when the song comes on in the club, even today, people like sing it at the top of their lungs. But I think it's because we haven't, as like a populist or as a group, really realized the pain that is, mm. you know, expounded in that song. Yeah. There is a Swedish song, which obviously I don't speak Swedish. It's like a bop. Yeah. The song lyrics are everyone not dancing is a rapist. And it would come on in the club in Sweden, which is like a pretty progressive place. Oh. And people would be like, woo, it's called, Ma- it's by like Maskinen or something. I'm going to find it. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bob though. I'm not going to lie. It's a fucking bob. You're like, yeah. okay, okay, Sweden. And like, I mean, you think about it, like, right, like, fucking, like, I don't want to sing to R. Kelly, but damn. Yeah, it's like. It's so good. <laughs> Every time, like, like, no, don't participate. I'm like, God help myself. And I'm going to get the Chichiman song for you, too. Yeah, yeah. Let's, so uh... the song's by this group called T.O.K. Anybody who's listening, who's, like, from that community is going to be like, my crew, my dogs, said rules, said laws. We represent for the lords of yours. A gal will fill up my balls. A gal alone will fill up my balls. My crew, my dogs, set rules, set laws. We represent for the lords of yours. A gal alone will fill up my From them a par in a chichiman So yeah, so growing up in that community, being even interested in same-sex anything is yeah. like... It, you're you're setting yourself up to get beat up by your parents and to get beat up by your friends and to be ostracized it's just 
bad news all around. I had a conversation once. I was in Texas and I met these um, three dudes from like West Texas. And we had the longest conversation about politics. Because the fun thing about being like an attractive white woman from Australia is that if you go to rural communities, like men, like really conservative men, they want to talk to you. Yeah. They're like, oh, wow, I've never met anyone from Australia. Right. And you're pretty and young. Let's talk. And like, right. I was much, you know, younger and prettier then. And anyway, so I ended up talking to these dudes for like hours. Yeah. And one thing that they were talking to me about is they're like, oh, they're just shoving it down our, like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, with all due respect, you are saying they can't marry the person they love. Who is forcing whose way on life on the other? Like every television show is heterosexual couples. Yeah. Every fucking like law in Australia. So we didn't. So Australia's marriage laws were different. It wasn't until 2017 that same sex marriage was legal in Australia. And we did it by referendum, which was horrific. Wow. Because like there was the advertising campaigns, everything that went into that was fucking awful. Yeah. And before that in Australia, you had to say at your wedding if you were getting married legally that marriage was between a man and a woman and you had to say those words. And so all of my friends who got married in this time, they were like, we're going to stop it right here and we're going to throw in a caveat, which is that we think that's bullshit. But like it was legally required by people who were making a master of ceremony that you had to say marriage is between a man and a woman. Wow. And like, fucking... oh, wow. I... I'm like yeah. tearing up because I do remember a lot of my close friends getting married. Cause like, this is 2017 that this was that's taken out yeah, and, and they did similar things here. So in 1996, Clinton signed a defensive marriage act, which basically defined marriage as between one man and one woman. Yeah. And so states weren't required to recognize same sex marriage from other states. So I should say that Massachusetts was the first place to make same sex marriage legal. And that was in 2004. A lot of other really nasty court cases that I'm not going to get into because, to be honest, we've been talking a little bit too much. In 2003, Lawrence versus Texas, which uh, we talked about before, ended sodomy laws nationwide way, way too soon. Yeah. In 2010, the don't ask, don't tell policy was repealed. And then in 2015, same-sex marriage was legalized in all 50 states. With a Obergefell. A Obergefell versus Obergefell. The Hodges. And actually, if you do, so the person that Sarah talks about on her Seattle episode, I think it's like episode eight, was part of the first court case of women trying to co-adopt each other's children as a same-sex couple. Oh, wow. Which is super cool, like That's from a legal really perspective. I don't know if you want to get into any of these court cases in any more details. I mean, I know that states are still finding ways to restrict same-sex marriage. Judges refuse to marry, like issue marriage licenses. Yeah, so there was actually so one of the attorney generals mm -hmm. of the United States in 2010, his name was Tony West. Mm -hmm. He, as an attorney general, made a clear decision to no longer defend the Defense of Marriage Act. And as a result, like as a result, that policy actually enabled the folks who were of same sex to actually share benefits with each other. Cause that was the whole thing about it all. But like, like even just society being built around marriage at all is insane. Like if something happens to me here. Yeah. 
because I don't have a significant other, there's literally like no, like I live with someone who is like yeah. basically my sister. I don't think she can lie. I mean, she could be like, fight me. Like, if <laughs> she ever got in trouble, that's what I'd do. But like, realistically, like we have to work out ways as like single people to make sure that there is someone who can speak on our behalf. Mm. Because in America, they won't let anyone except for a biological family yeah. or a partner. Yeah. And if you don't have any of those, then it goes to the state. Yeah, which yeah. is fucked. I don't want yeah. the American state in my business. So, yeah, we literally are going to sit down. Actually, I'm probably going to ask you to help with this. We're going to sit down and, like, set up legal things so that, like, yeah, me and my, like, single friends can, yeah. like, take care of each other if mm -hmm. anything should happen, God forbid, yeah. which is, like, a really bullshit thing. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's time for us to have an ad break. Yeah. We just, we just being, you know... <laughs> hectic this episode it's, it's it's been a day we have our very first guest on today which i'm yes. so so excited about and i think this is going to be how we're going to do things and i love it so anyway we'll be back after a quick break So welcome back. Today we are so fortunate to welcome our very first guest to the show. So Paige is the host of Reverie True Crime, an incredible true crime podcast that you should definitely check out with amazing Southern accent, which just I love to listen Smooth to. Smooth as butter. It, truthfully, I just, oh, it's so nice. It's always so nice to hear like non-East Coast, West Coast accents, you know. <laughs> I say this and I'm like, I hate my Australian accent on the podcast. Oh, no. Love your Mississippi accent. <laughs> but we thought we'd get a view from the South. And I'm sorry to say that I've been to Alabama and Louisiana and Tennessee and never Mississippi. So really? it's on my list. Well, and, thank um, you all so much for having me, by the way. I mean, I am so honored. So thank you. We're so grateful to have you. We're grateful to have you. <laughs> and by the way, I love your Australian accent. So never, never talk bad about it because I love it. <laughs> I'm always telling. I'm like, least relax. Yeah. Like, you sound great. Carlos is over here is sounding, you know, super New York. Super New York. <laughs> super. It's like, it's like, where are you from, New York? I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> you totally have that Brooklyn accent for sure. <laughs> Well, it's great. At least people can tell us apart, you know? Right. right. Very easily tell us apart. <laughs> so we're going to, you know, talk about the really exciting, wonderful world of women's reproductive rights mm -hmm. and just reproductive rights in general of, you know, people who have uteruses and <laughs> yay. So what's it like in the South right now with all of this? Well, so as far as the abortion laws, because I know we're going to talk a little bit about that. As far as Mississippi, we only have one place in Jackson where you can wow. go get an abortion. And right now, they're actually having a court battle because the normal law is you can get an abortion here as long as you're at least 15 weeks and under. Like, you cannot get one if you're past 15 weeks. Well, there is the Mississippi abortion law will be reviewed by the Supreme Court. So this happened in December of last year, mm -hmm. and it says the Supreme Court heard arguments on a Mississippi law that is a direct challenge to Roe versus Wade. And mm. 
It is just, it's a total mess. The Mississippi law that will be reviewed by the court makes most abortions illegal after 15 weeks of pregnancy, about two months earlier than Roe and later decisions allow. And most experts estimate fetal viability to be around 24 weeks. So if this gets, you know, passed, then the abortion laws are completely going to change. I know... Texas is like, you have to be six weeks pregnant, I think. You can't be beyond six yeah. weeks. So, But six weeks six is weeks. when you find, you can't even find exactly. out if you're pregnant until six weeks. I have had six weeks where I haven't had a period because uh-huh. of stress. I would never know. That That's the biggest issue, too, mm. because when I was first diagnosed with my illness in 2007, I got pregnant shortly after, and I had to have an abortion, or they said that it was going to basically kill me if I didn't, and mm. so that was a huge decision to make, and, um, you know, I was eight weeks, and they told me I had to wait until it had a heartbeat so they would know whether or not I really was pregnant, oh my God. even doing blood work, mm. even all of that. They wanted to have an ultrasound. So I'm like, how do these people, how are they going to get an abortion if that's what they're gauging off of is the heartbeat itself anyway? Mm. Yeah. And that really throws things way off, right? Because most folks, at least from my experience, once they miss their period and they take their test, they're like, okay, I'm going to think about this. And then, you know, sometimes it's, two weeks or three weeks later sometimes it's they want to take a bit more time to make the decision but if they decide to get an abortion they take the time to think about it and do that and of course they've taken that time but sometimes there's still no heartbeat between the time they found out and the time that they decided to do this right so it just it puts women in such a difficult position and you should be the person to be the master of your own body Right. It's such a trauma on your body. Yeah. And yeah. they don't tell you that. And it's like the older I get, like I definitely always thought that I would have kids and watching people have kids around me and looking at the like sheer trauma that their bodies are going through oh, and yeah. thinking about like what my body went through just going through a pandemic and like that lifestyle change. I don't like that. I put on weight. I hate it. I'm like, how would I feel yeah. growing an entire human inside of me? Yeah. Like exactly. Pushing a human out, out of me. Like, it's it's a massive, massive trauma that we don't talk about. Yeah. And being forced to carry that to term, particularly in your instance, like, which is, like, life-threatening. life-threatening. Yeah. yeah. Even if it wasn't, I think every woman should have that right over their own body to decide. 100%. And yeah. I just, you know, it just makes me so sad because... In some states, you know, abortion is illegal. So it's it's just really heartbreaking that you especially have, like, all of these white men in power that are telling mm. you what you can and cannot do to your to your body. They're yeah. never going to have to go through it. Yeah, right. exactly. And, and, you know, they never want to take responsibility for the child after either. Exactly. Right? It's like, oh, so if I have this baby, are you going to, like, Pay for the baby to go to school. Are you going to, you know, pay for this baby's college? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Right. And 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 God forbid, you know, the child is gay or trans like we're seeing in Texas now. They Mm. took away the suicide hotline for LGBTQ. And, 
you know, now they're investigating all of these parents that have trans children. When do you stop caring about the child? You know, y'all care about them so much, so-called, when they're in the uterus. But outside mm. of that, y'all don't care The minute anymore. they come out, yeah. don't give yeah. a shit. I just have my own philosophy when it comes to pregnancy in general, like, as a man, right? Like, I can't just ask somebody to, like, get pregnant for me. Mm. You know, like, they're putting their lives at risk to carry a child and to give birth. Like, it's like asking another dude, like, yo, you want to take this, like, bullet for me real quick? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, because that's how serious it is. I find that there's many men who kind of don't think about that consequence. Instead, they're more so thinking about just how beautiful the family would look. You know, some people never get their bodies back mm. the way it was. Some people have postpartum and it lasts for years some people actually take more time off of work and it you know messes with their, with messes <laughs> with their career you know there's just all these different things that kind of come into play and it's just like you can't just ask somebody to do that just because you want it right mm. and and from a like i feel like that philosophy is kind of being applied here in terms of how we're drafting this policy Right, like we're saying, oh no, it's just not the right thing, right? Like, like we shouldn't have abortions because it's not right. Yeah, and it's like, yo, like, do you know what you're asking people to do if they get pregnant? Well, they should, you know, do abstinence or whatever, yeah, protection. And it's like, yo, like, you, you telling me what to do with my body? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't like that if I did that to you. And I, and I hear the other side of the argument. We used to have these debates in in class um, when I was in law school and you know from a constitutional perspective the whole the whole thing about the constitution it's supposed to protect property right whether it's well, women are property obviously mm. sorry you know but, <laughs> but um, that's what marriage is but, <laughs> I but own you now <laughs> you know everybody is supposed to have individual rights to their own person their mm. bodily property right and, and one person made this argument in school, which, you know, like really messed with everybody. And then like class just went nuts, right? Like people were about to fight. It was about to get real bad. But one person was like, hey, like, well, you know, from a technical standpoint, from a legal standpoint, like the person, there's a person inside of a person. So how can we allow the person? But when does the person become a person? It's right. a question. Yeah. Mm. Like and they're like, not a person. They're, they're cells. Yeah, right. and like, you know, some folks are saying that the heartbeat makes them a person, but then some folks are disagreeing that the heartbeat is a person. It really, you need to kind of develop. And like, that's why we have this discussion over how many weeks, right? It, it's a very hard call to make, but I think that- When can they survive without you? Exactly. That was exactly yeah. what was on my mind too. Like, yeah. snap. Exactly. Like, <laughs> because like, other before that, they're living off you. Like, yeah. Do leeches deserve to stay on your body? No. Because that's point. how they survive? Like, I yeah. mean, it's what it is. Like, if they need you to survive, like, it's not yeah. a whole person. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It, and, and that's, you But know, also, this country's founded discussion. on religious freedom. And mm -hmm. a lot of these arguments are religious. Yeah. And it's like, Fact. look, I'm not religious, but I don't have an issue with people practicing. Like, you're religious. I'm not religious. Yeah. It's fine. Whatever. Exactly. Do your thing. But, like, putting that on other people, like... 
Because, like, in Australia, guns are illegal. Mm -hmm. But you want to... You think people should have guns, but guns kill people. But you think that people should have the right to do that to defend themselves and their body or whatever. And, like, you don't see how this is wildly inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want both of those things to be true, like, that's just not... Like, one or the other. Like, if you think that, you know, people shouldn't have the power to kill people, you should also be against guns. And if you think the government should be controlling that, then the government should be controlling that. But then you, like, it's this exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Mm. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Guns can yeah. kill so many more people than abortions can. Yeah. And yet you argue for your right to have a gun, for your right to have the power to kill people indiscriminately. Yeah, it's a, it's a, tough, it's a tough situation to be in because when you think about, when you think about guns, right, many folks don't necessarily want to have access to guns to kill people. They want to have a access to guns so they so that they can protect themselves right so like you can use guns to protect yourself and not kill but that's also not true you realize that right what do you mean like having a gun inherently makes any situation more dangerous especially if you're scared yeah, you know? it, it yeah. escalates things. It es- it's been proven to escalate situations. It does. Mm. I'm not saying it doesn't, but mm. what I would say is that you're not in an instance where 100% of the times that a gun is used, that it leads to a death, right? But I, d- I don't know the statistics, but like if somebody has an abortion, what are the success rates? I would assume that they're relatively high. What do you right. mean? Of course, a baby is gone. Though. It's not right. even a baby. It's a fetus. Right. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I think you're and devil's advocate. The time no, it I'm not doing a, a devil's advocate. <laughs> no, I'm not doing a devil's advocate. Really, what I'm saying is that... Oh, it's a 100% rate they're, of death. They're both... They're, yeah, they're both... I would say that I wouldn't compare the two issues. Instead, what I would do is they both are completely separate issues, which both have their own merit. On both sides. No, of but the I, yeah, but I'm just fucking with conservatives. But I just uh. think it's it's funny to me. Like, no, but what's 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 hard for me to understand as an Australian is how you can be both pro-gun and anti-abortion and say it's about death. Because I'm just yeah. like. That's I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. So your business that or not? Line of thinking is yeah. inconsistent. It's inconsistent. Got it makes it. me angry. It's like you want the government in your business. No, or do you not? I don't. Cool. Want the so, like, if you don't want a government in your business, yeah. then like, leave women the fuck alone. Like, we're not out Completely getting abortions agree. for fun. Yeah. It's not fun. It's a horrible decision. Exactly. And I'm sorry you had to. That yeah. had to happen to you. I, I've never been in this position before, and I don't think I could have one. I, I, yeah. I like that I could choose to have one. If I was told right. that my life would end, I probably would have one. Um, but because when I, it's when a I choice was, I would easily make. Yeah, when I was sitting in the Planned Parenthood, they make you watch a video, they make you talk to a counselor. I was sitting next to um, a girl, she was younger than me, but she had just gotten her tubes tied not too long ago because she said, I'm not financially capable to have more kids. She said, that's why, she was like, that's why I got my tubes tied and now I'm pregnant and it wasn't wasn't supposed to happen in the first place, so... I mean, oh it's God. just, there's so many reasons. Yeah. So many reasons. My mom, to be really frank, and like, we've spoken about this, my mom should have had an abortion. My mom was 17. She was like living Mine on the too. street. She was like taking drugs. Like she, she took so many drugs when she was pregnant with me. 
absolutely should not have been a mother. She did not know she was pregnant until she was six months pregnant. Oh, but wow. like, God. she absolutely should have had an abortion. And like, you know, I'm happy to exist, but like, I wouldn't have known if I didn't. You exactly. Know? Like, <laughs> like, I got into a debate with some guy on Twitter the other day because he was saying, "Always terrible." I <laughs> and I'm sure he was trolling, but still, it just. It pissed me off because mm. he was like, if a woman doesn't want to have a baby, they shouldn't have sex. Number one, you can't what? tell a woman not to have sex if That's they don't insane. want to. Yeah. And birth control is not. Who's going to fuck you? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and they act like it's so easy to go get birth control. It's not. It's not like an over-the-counter thing that's so simple to go out and get. And yeah. it's expensive. You know, mm. if you don't have Here insurance. Is, yeah. 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 They're much just... more accessible in Australia, but still. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, super accessible. Yeah. yeah. I went on birth control at like before I even started having sex. Yeah. Because I'm paranoid. And then I realized my mom got a deep vein thrombosis from uh, the pill. And so I stopped taking it. Um, but then also I realized it made me crazy. So I was just crazy in my early 20s. I just thought I was crazy. Right. Turns out uh, there's the so many really there's downsides <laughs> to birth control, too. I mean, well, also just they like just that. put you on it so young in Australia, for example, like. They'll just be like, oh, you have bad periods, birth control. You have, like, bad exactly. acne, birth control. Like, they just prescribe it for everything. Yeah. They don't really yep. tell you about it. I went back on it. So I went off of it because of the DVT thing, whatever. I went back on it. I had a great doctor. And I started to be really depressed. And I was like, hey, I'm taking this birth control. I'm, like, really depressed. And she was like, why did you start taking birth control? I'm like, oh, I had the condom-breaking situation with this guy I'm seeing. I just, like, freaked out. I just want to be on birth control. And she was like, are you sure it's not the guy? And I'm like... That's a great question. You're my doctor forever now. That's exactly <laughs> the question you should ask. Pretty sure it's not the guy, but yeah, like it it's really nice does to be asked mess that. with your hormones yeah. like crazy. Yeah. Like it's insane to me that I went on that before my brain was even developed. Yeah, no I was eleven. Conversation around it. Eleven. Yeah. Holy shit. What? Yeah. Was it period thing? Period. Yeah. The cramps were so bad and just really heavy bleeding, and mm. they were like, "Up, oh, birth control." That's what they do for everything. They like birth control. Anything yeah. related to that area, they like just go on birth control, be fine. Yeah. You can't you can't just be just They don't tell you anything about well, it. And what then, happened to the Hippocratic oath or whatever? They don't <laughs> but they don't think about it. And you're it's just crazy. giving this to kids just cause yeah. Like, yeah, they do. They give it for everything. And then they're developing this male contraceptive pill, which they're not going forward with because it has too many side effects. It has less side effects than the pill. Wow. Really? Yeah. Oh. Because I was excited for it. I was going to take it. Yeah. People talking about the um, side effects of like, you know, the the high rate of uh, blood clots and whatever from the vaccines. Way worse for the pill. My yeah. mom had one because of the pill. It's like 20 times or something what wow. you get from COVID or the COVID vaccine. Oh and everyone's like, like, you know, recalling AstraZeneca because like a few people got blood clots and like women are getting blood clots consistently from birth control. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Mm. Anyway, we this episode's completely out of control. I've, I've learned so much. <laughs> but we though. love I've it. So much yeah, I, here, I, I love know, these I'm conversations. A, I'm, a guy, I'm a guy. I don't, you know, I, I don't necessarily have to like deal with these issues. So it's really good to kind of just sit in and be a fly on the wall to kind of identify these things. Because you know, if I if I was taking a if I was taking any sort of medicine that I knew could give me blood clots, I, I would just not take it. Well, that's what I did. Yeah. And you run the risk of getting pregnant. But that's yeah. the thing. Otherwise, right? Oh, wait, like, I shouldn't be fucking. Obviously. It's just, it's just yeah. such a hard, yeah. it's just such a hard choice to make. It's especially if, because like, of course you could 
decide not to take birth control anymore and then you know change up the way and then guys are you pretty decide to bad about yourself, using condoms too. right we can so talk then, about that but yeah, the, the right? added issue of mm. if you if you have like bad periods oh right? yeah it's terrible. like that's a whole different reason to take it so if you stop taking it then the bad periods come yeah. back so it, it so that's another fucked up element to it but you're taking the birth control pills that also give you blood clots so it's like do i want blood clots or do i want a bad period <laughs> exactly. every single month of my life you know so like, like periods are real that. man we should talk about it because i'm incredibly fortunate now so i don't know about you and we should talk about this page because i feel like this is something that definitely no one ever spoke to me about but like i wish someone had as I've gotten it, and maybe it was because most women in my life had uh, kids, and then that's a whole different thing. Yeah. As I have gone into my 30s, my period has b- been worse and worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm. 100%. They get worse. And so I, I I still have, like, pretty light periods, but, like, now I get cramps, like, a week before my period. Me too. I get lower back pain. I get headaches. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's. And I'm incredibly lucky. My boss is like one year older than me. We're friends. He has a wife and a daughter. And I am very vocal about my period pain because I'm like, you need to. <laughs> I am too. Like, we literally bleed. <laughs> yeah. I only bleed for three days, thankfully. But like, and I don't bleed much. But the pain, like I've been in meetings with him and I've had to leave like that. And I've gone home and like vomited from the pain. It's, it's yeah. a pain like nothing else. Yeah, I totally relate to that because god mine last five or six days and Mm. then it's like the week before you're in a lot of pain i've started to develop nausea in my Mm. 30s and in my 20s and stuff like i didn't have the the nauseous feeling or the vomiting or anything but as i get older it's like all those symptoms are getting way worse way worse and Uh, everyone i've spoken to anecdotally has spoken about that but no one ever it's again no one ever talks about women's health no and i'm incredibly lucky i'll just be like i am i'm just in too much pain i take i take an aproxen i take two acetaminophen and two ibuprofen all at the same time and I have a hot water bottle and I'm still in so much fucking pain. Yeah, I want to like, try. Even when I take codeine and codeine fucks with me, like yeah. even then I'm still in pain. Oh my God. Sometimes so, I take a little edible too. I'm like, okay, I was going to say, I, I don't know if that will help, but I, I know that they have like the CBD rub for mm. menstrual pains. I want to try that. But, you know, but it's, I've been so, like, I'm sure everybody in my life is so sick of me when my period comes on because I am just bitching all the time. And I'm like, y'all bitch just to me, don't understand. I'm here for it. <laughs> no, no. You just honestly, like, just just call me up. I'll yeah. be like, I yeah. got you. will be like, Lisa, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, my favorite thing as well is like me and my roommate. So I live with a woman and both of us like will just like randomly start like crying about like something. And we're like, what's going on? I'm so depressed. And yeah. every time it's like, oh, every time you look at Clue and you're like, oh, I see. Yes. I will get so, so sad. And I should, <laughs> I should know, I should know that's what's happening. But in the moment, I'm like, oh my god, everything's wrong, everything sucks. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, the next day I start. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's that time. I have been <laughs> bleeding since 1999. <laughs> yes. And I still am surprised every <laughs> time. Yes, yes, exactly. 
every what? time what? is still a shocker. <laughs> You're like, what's going on? What is this? Yeah, Why exactly. am I so depressed? A, look around, look at the whole world. Completely yeah. legitimate reason, but B, bitch, you should know by now. <laughs> exactly. You notice this coming, don't you? <laughs> you my dad think. was like, I said it to my dad the other day. He was visiting and he was like, oh, you know, but I can't say that. I'm like, no, the fuck you can't. I'm like, if you bleed every month, sure. Yeah. But you know what? You want to trade? Because I'll totally trade. I'll never talk about it again. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You want to do this shit? It's painful as hell. I know he's like, yeah. you know what? On second thought, <laughs> you can keep it. <laughs> All right. This is way better than us going through legal yeah. shit. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk for a minute. And I think this is interesting. And specifically, I'm interested to hear because what I kind of love about living in New York is it feels like people are much less conservative about the way you dress and whatever. So I was brought up like hella conservative in like how I should dress when I was younger I was like 20 kilograms more lighter than I am now and I'm not big now but I always had like the curve so I always had like really big boobs and I was like you you have to wear a bra you can't wear this you can't wear that whatever yeah in New York it kind of feels like I'm like you know what like 180 pounds and I'm like I'm gonna wear a crop top (laughs) Yeah, I love too long that hating now. my fucking body. Yeah, I think things have been a lot more body positive in the last few years because now I'm seeing women that look more like my body type wearing the crop tops mm. and like the high-waisted jeans and they look so mm. cute. But I'm like, I could never do that, but I love that y'all are doing that. <laughs> but you're, you're the same age as me, right? So you grew up with the same bullshit. Yeah, I'm I'm 35 almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm almost 35. Wait, when's your birthday? August 13th. I'm older than you, <laughs> May 14th. It's definitely trending different. When I was growing up, like, I was incredibly thin still. Like, I still, like, I'm five foot eight. I was, like, what, like, 120 pounds or something. Like, I was very thin, but because I had, like, the curves and they weren't fashionable, there was a hair right. on the cheek. Yeah. Um, but dress codes, very interesting thing. Yeah, like, growing up in New York, if you went, to parochial school obviously you had the uniform but even when you had like a dress down day it was like you kind of have to dress kind of like ivy league-ish <laughs> you know like the polo shirt yeah oh, it used to be a big polo shirt yeah, yeah like you got you've got to wear that the oxfords or whatever what are you wearing right now um, like a university shirt no this is like what is this like a it looks, looks like, like north face no it's this brand called i'm a leon door it looks oh. like you're wearing a university sweater. But yeah, I guess it could pass for a university sweater. So it's ingrained in you, right? But like, <laughs> I'm still under the spell. But if you went way too left with the way you dressed on a dress down day, they'd send you home. No, yeah. Oh, I went to a school where but we it's got like, kilts and shirts and yeah, ties. It, you, like even the day that you're supposed to be able to express yourself through dress, if you dress a certain way, you're breaking a rule. 
even though there is no rule it's just an unspoken rule it's yeah. so weird how we try to control the way like people dress it's ridiculous See, so in australia i can think of one school in my entire state that didn't have uniforms so all schools had uniforms but different schools had different levels of uniforms and i do kind of like the uniform coming from a family where we didn't have a lot of money to invest in clothes yeah my stepmom definitely had this weird thing where she used to dress me in clothes sizes much bigger than what that's a whole other thing to unpack but <laughs> i definitely had like not nice clothes and it was actually sort of nice to have a uniform although even within a uniform like we didn't have that much money so like I had one kilt for the whole of high school yeah which like I did finish growing at 12 but they didn't know I was gonna finish so it was just like huge this is massive thing because they're like hundred and something dollars it's like okay this is gonna last you for five years yeah Yeah. you're gonna grow into this one (laughs) yeah yeah you're going to yeah (laughs) i stopped growing at 12 so you know it was i did everything was big yeah yeah a lot of women stopped growing at 12 yeah and i have i'm five two and when i was younger i was around 120 130 and i just remember everybody was so much skinnier than me and I got picked on for having a butt and having boobs and, and being curvier. That. Yeah. And I just remember people calling me names and like they would say ghetto booty and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, oh Shame. my gosh, they would just make you feel so weird for having yeah you know curves for being yeah for being yeah you know being like a white woman with curves is a whole other thing oh that, yeah like, they used to say white women in the media are supposed to be like oh my god straight up and down and i'm so thankful for all the women of color who have like risen to prominence who have like made that cool yeah because holy shit i remember my, my sister's very up and down and i remember her one day so she's like uh 15 years younger being like oh man i just wish i had more of a butt and i'm like fuck you <laughs> Take some of mine here. <laughs> like, I got bullied for that shit. And, like, now it's, like, fucking cool yes. as hell. Like, if I had been going through, like, if I had to go through COVID with the level of body shaming and also fucking the eyebrows. Oh, my God. Oh, so glad man. The eyebrows are in. I Should we died. talk about eyebrows? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> like, God, that please. Was, oh, my Lord. Do you remember the thin eyebrow time? Yes. Nah. Oh, my God. i got to find a picture of me with thin eyebrows. Girl. Like, you would, like, wax to, like, we're all still recovering. They're coming <laughs> yeah. back. Me and my friends made a pact. And Paige, you can be part of this. We're not going back. We were like, thin eyebrows are coming back. The early aughts are coming back. We refuse. We refuse. Yeah, no. Hell no. And it's just like yeah. low-rise jeans. Thin eyebrows and hipster jeans. I refuse that too. No, that's yeah. terrible. That For only looks sure. good on like three people in the entire world. Yeah. Yeah. Britney Spears is one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The low-rise jeans cannot come back. And... You know, when you were talking about the dress codes, I never went to a school where they had uniforms, but I was always thinking, like, we really need uniforms because then a lot of kids won't get picked on for having, mm. yeah. you know, like me. I didn't, I wore hand-me-downs and, mm. you know, I, I got picked on all the time for my clothes. So it would have been nice for everybody to kind of have the same thing and not be mm-hmm. picked on, you know, for the for the clothes that you don't have. I remember spaghetti straps were a huge deal. Oh my God. Like, they you were. would get sent home if you had spaghetti straps on. Mm. It was, wow. yeah. Honestly, and I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I remember the first time being like catcalled by oh, a yeah. passerby driver at like 12. 
in school uniform. I would be in school uniform and I would get catcalled. I was playing basketball with my dad when I was 14. This like 24 year old dude is like, can I have your number? And I'm like, I am 14. Yeah. That is my dad. Sexualizing children. I mean, that's basically what they're doing. And that wasn't even, and look, to be honest, I was very well developed, whatever. Maybe he didn't know, but when I told him, it wasn't. Oh, my bad. Oh, yeah, my bad. Right. It was like, well, and I'm like, so you want to talk to my six foot six dad you just played basketball against? Because, like, you can ask him yeah. if you want to have our home number because right. we didn't have cell phones. Like, really? Really? Fuck, yeah. man. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And it's always on the women. Oh, you're you're being overly sexual. Yeah. What no, were you wearing? You're a child. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter. I walk out in fucking baggy tracksuit pants and, like, it never matters. I get catcalled. Like, and I'm like, seriously? Now? Right? Really? Seriously? Yeah. You know, some people, they don't care if you've got your pajamas on with your hair up and looking like mine right you're now. You're talking about right now. You're like, I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> yeah. If no, I went outside looking cold. like this, they wouldn't care. They would still nah. do it. Nah. Yeah. They're upholding the patriarchy. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This conversation so off the rails, but I love it. And now it's just turned into us bitching about like us thirty five year old so women bad. being like, <laughs> "Nah, it's good for him. It's good for him." I'm over here like, look, I know where to not fuck up now. <laughs> when I'm around my friends, they're like, "Yeah, I'm about to go talk to." Her. I'm like, "Maybe you shouldn't." Yeah. Just don't let them holler at us on the street. Like, like What's different. Like, you can respect. Like, oh, we did get. Are we allowed to talk about the voice memo you received? Oh before? yeah, yeah, yeah. So my girlfriend sent me a voice memo while I was here recording. Uh-oh. So I was listening to it and she was saying how this white man um, was like, hey, can I give you a compliment? She's a black woman, I feel like. It's she's a black relevant. woman. Yeah. yeah, she's a black woman. And he's like, hey, can I give you a compliment? And she was like, I like that. I like when they ask if they can. Yeah, I, yeah I've never heard that before. I've never yeah. heard a man say, can I give you a compliment? Never. Yeah. I've yeah. had dudes be like, hey, I really just want you to know I'm married and I'm not hitting on you. I just really, damn, you look great in that dress. And I'm like, thank you. (laughs) But like you can, I don't know about you, but I can tell when the compliment is like, they want to give me a compliment. It's not hitting on me. Like you can tell, you can tell. Like, but it was really sweet. I've had that where it's been like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm not hitting on you. But I just want to give you a compliment. Yeah. So like, oh my gosh, I wish I you're could, really I wearing wish I had that a dress. nice story like that, but I don't. It's come to New York. Oh, you'll be fine. seriously, people They're... here love complimenting each other. Word. <laughs> no, Word. but for real, like you were walking down the street in New York. It's a very New York thing. Like I'll be walking down, and I've got these like flower pants, and like I wear them with heels. Oh. And in heels, I'm like what, like six foot. So I'm like I've got presence. Yeah. And I'll be walking, and someone would just be like pants, and I'm like. Thank you. And like, that's <laughs> I it. love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my you gotta God. do it here. It's 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 a grim city. It's a whole like it's a whole thing in New York. <laughs> There's actually a guy in New York doing a TikTok, and his TikTok is like stopping people and asking like about their style. Oh. Yeah. So he's like, "What shirt is that? What pants is that?" And then they like have a short conversation about their style. That's sweet. And then he moves on to the you know he moves on with his life and they do too like new york is super about that so you can get like just just come visit yeah yeah well okay let me ask you what well in the part of new york that y'all live what do people think about bigger women and because i know like being skinny is usually the 
big thing. So what? Do no, that's just like that's just like TV New York. That's not like real New York. Yeah, I gotta say, like real New York, everybody's just like into everybody. Yeah, it's There's, like you'll meet men who have their types, mm. but you'll meet men who you're their type. Mm. You know, like everybody's just into everybody. You yeah. know, I think definitely. I mean, New York is what we're not. It's not a predominantly white city, right? I wouldn't say it's predominantly white. I no, would I say, say it's not predominantly. Yeah, white. yeah, yeah. It's not. it's like predominantly people. Of like color. yeah, but like just, okay, but like okay. My point. Well, really I would being say is, this is just pretty. Here's what I'll say: mm-hmm. If I lived in Australia right now, this way, I would like have issues like i would be judged really? by women i would not you're be, so skinny whatever it doesn't matter <laughs> point being is <laughs> that's what i mean i have this internalized issue right where even when i was like and i look back at pictures of myself now and i'm like holy shit i was so so thin i was like what is now a desirable body type but was not back in the early exactly i will say this i am pretty desirable to most groups, except for like, you know, the fight eye bro white dudes. Yeah. Southern white men love me and like men oh, of yeah. color love me. <laughs> and that's like where I sit. So I think you'll be fine. I think that is definitely more of a thing here. I definitely, as I put on weight in the pandemic, I was yelled at more. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like I, I have friends, they're like, yo, bro, I'm into big women. Just in general, like yeah. that's their thing. They're like, yo, Carl. If you know big women, send them my way, please. Hey. And I'm like, you know, you know what like, the yeah, thing bro, is, like, is? I got you. Most women in America, like the majority, they say are a size 18 to 20 in pants. But you've wow. got these, you know, the fashion industry, they only put out like size zero, size, you know, these small sizes. Yeah. And it's like, you where's the small waist, a big boob woman? There, I have like 10 double D. So which my boobs are much bigger than now, but what I was when I was skinny, I was like an AE, 10 double wow. D, same thing. Oh my gosh. That is one of the more common sizes. Like double D is like the common size. You cannot yeah. find any nice bras in that size at all. Wow. It's all like, like C and below, yeah. maybe a D and anything above that. I just don't wear bras. I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, I'm I getting to that point now. where fuck I'm it. just, you know. Especially when you're home all the time. Like, I just don't. Just Not at home. I'm going to be comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, like, it's so ridiculous because the average size is double D. But there are no. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Average size. Clothes. Same thing. Nothing. It's Like I said, it's just been recently that I've really seen any representation of normal sizes. Mm. Yeah. On Instagram, TikTok. Loving it. Gen Z is coming through. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. They really are. So we can talk a little bit. Okay, so let's just like for the very end of this episode, try to stay on topic. It's super hard, (laughs) but we're going to do it. We're going to do it. This has been a really interesting conversation though, and I love it. Yeah, I've had so much fun. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we're going to talk about diet culture. And this to me is super, super interesting because it's not to say it doesn't exist in Australia because 100% it does, but I, I like to cook. I like to eat whole foods, and I can't have anything with corn in it. So I can't eat oh, anything wow. with high fructose corn syrup. But what is, like, interesting to me coming here is the way that Americans have their relationship with food. So for me, I'm like, is it whole foods, and are there a lot of colors on the plate? I'm never going to be, like, angry about eating bread or carbs or whatever. It's just, like, yeah. is there a lot of colors? Is it whole foods? But I don't know. Do you guys want to talk about your experiences with food and yeah. it's a different for you because your family's from haiti yeah so like 
our food has a fuck ton of sodium in it. Oh, your food? Oh, what, Haitian food? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has a fuck ton of sodium. And that's because there's, like, obviously a lot of, you know, we're throwing spices in there. And then on top of that, there's, like, salt. So we grew up with that. My mom was the person that was weird in our family. She was the weirdo that would, like, eat a lot of greens. <laughs> she would have, all right, we're going to have a bunch of vegetables. We're going to have... All we're gonna have watercress and arugula and all these different types of greens that like no one in my neighborhood ate. But like traditionally, it's like rice, 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 <laughs> rice, <laughs> some type of meat, some beans, a little sprinkle of something green, right? Like it could be like a spinach that like was cooked in some oil or or a collard green, right? And then rice. And more rice. I mean, it's funny because being from Australia, I absolutely never ate like that kind of food. But I now wake up and crave rice and beans sometimes. And I'm like, I've been in New York. It's so good. <laughs> so good. So and good. It, I had a very like vast, I had a very good diet, really. But I mean, lots of hearty home foods like when I think about it, uh, lots of different cuisines. Australia is very like multicultural in the way it's ate like Italian, Japanese, all this shit. So tell us about your diet. It kind of comes back to, to being a little heavier too, because the guys here all want this skinny model type, but all we eat is like fried food. It's all fried chicken, <laughs> uh, everything fried, you know, and, it's like, okay, y'all want little bitty women, but it's like, that's all we eat is fried food. Like, how are y'all surprised <laughs> that we are not <laughs> a size zero? <laughs> no, I've eaten in the South and it is definitely like very, very fried food. Lots of corn heavy stuff. Oh, it's yeah. It's very, like the reason I went to Alabama, I had a friend in Australia whose family lived there. It was a very interesting experience. They live in Birmingham, Alabama. It was just before Christmas. They had the most nativity scenes i've ever seen in my life in the house <laughs> and they had a bible study the first time i came there it was like the most southern experience i could ever have they took me to like his favorite place and whatever and it was like wow yeah it's you know it yeah they love they love especially grandmas here no oh matter if you're black, white, whatever grandmas love to cook for the whole family i mean just too much food and uh, it's yeah. it's wild, but you do have like the college kids that are that are taking the diet pills, and they're Ugh. they're just excessively exercising to the point where they, I mean, some of them look sick because it's like they're so self conscious, and they don't they see uh, you know bigger people, and they don't want to be that, so I've, they go yeah. over and beyond to be little. I wow. went through a period like that. It didn't start out like that. I don't 100% remember how it started, but it's funny when you stop eating, your brain just keeps telling you to stop eating. And wow. I don't know if it started from stress. Like my stress response is to not eat. Mm -hmm. And so it started as stress and then it just continued. And there was a period of time where like I was not eating. And I'm also oh insane. Gosh. Like I cook and I don't eat it. I cook and I feed everybody else and I don't eat it. Like that's what my brain was doing. Oh and in gosh. that time, I was very happy, but 
if I was very fortunate to have people in my life who were like, you look sick. Like if you look at pictures of me now back then, I look sick. Yeah. And I, again, keep reminding myself now. But we do live in a society that rewards that. For me, and I don't know what your body type is like, but even when I was really skinny, I always had that little pouch. You know? Oh, yeah. Like my the, pouch has gotten way have. bigger. <laughs> oh, my pouch is so big right now. But I hated that. And you can't get rid of that. That's just being a woman. But, like, we never saw that on TV. It was never a thing that was, like, acceptable or okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, me- I remember growing up and watching these shows, like, Full House, Family Matters, mm. all these shows. Like, you never really saw a woman being in a positive light and being bigger. Mm. Yeah. I never, you know, I didn't really see that often. And there's a big moralization around it. It's like if you're skinny and you eat hamburgers, that's so hot. Yeah. And if you're fat and you eat hamburgers, you're bad. That's yep. fucked up. Like, this is bad. Yeah. We have arguments with this about Samori because Samori is like, God, he's like. Samori is, Samori is very, fasting. very health conscious. He's oh. the first person that I ever met that fasted and it's part of his religion. Mm. So he fasts for Ramadan and stuff, and um, he fasts for every day too. But but he just used to just do it religiously, but then now it just became a part of his life wow. where he just is always fasting, and he drinks green juices, and he's in the gym all the time. Samori's borderline a health freak, borderline, <laughs> borderline. He's not there yet. Uh, he's a health freak. Eyes, eyes. <laughs> but you like, also in a way that, so like, this is the thing. It's like, there's, there's so much, there's so much misinformation about what is actually healthy. And then mm-hmm. everyone goes on about the Mediterranean diet. It's like, yeah, because oh, they're yeah. not thinking about green juices and fasting. They're like, I'm going to eat when I'm hungry and I'm going to eat lots of different colors of food. But like in America, I've found specifically definitely like, a very very different culture around it where it's like oh but like the calories in that banana i'm like it's a fucking banana yeah i wouldn't say some worries like that he just doesn't eat meat at all that's fine i'm and sure yeah he doesn't eat meat life. at all no but it's a he, green juice it's a green he's a juice he's thing. a workout freak though he, he runs like 13 miles a day that's, that's i wish i had that metabolism yeah. You know, I I wish I still had the metabolism that I had when I was 13, 14, 15. Mm. You know, I kind of lost that in my 20s. I don't know what happened to it. But But we do, and our bodies change. Yeah. And our bodies change, and we don't, like, allow for that. We're like, oh, like, our age specifically as the pandemic hit is, like, kind of unfortunate because it's like our body probably would have naturally shifted anyway. And now it's, like, shifting and we're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. true. It, it's just, I think that, I think it's okay for folks to live the way they want to live so long as they don't put their philosophy on others. Yes, and yeah. that's a conversation right? I've had with yeah. uh, Samori and others where I'm like, super cool. But like, I, I had an argument with a guy on Twitter once again always a terrible idea yeah and he was like an entrepreneur he wasn't like in the health food industry or anything and he had like done a a poll and was like what have you done to like you know help move your body and one of them was like walk up the stairs and another one was like go for a walk and then it was go for a run and then it was replaced a meal with a smoothie and i was like 
that's not an inherently good thing. Yeah. Like, every, that's not for everybody. And that's not for everybody. Yeah. And that's, like, the kind of bullshit that, like, sends people into eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And he, like, fucking came for me, quote tweeted me and blocked me. And I was like, but, like, what if you're having, like, a plate of vegetables, roast vegetables? He's like, roast vegetables with oil? Oh, my gosh. Get out of here. Those people. Those people fucking suck. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Like, you have a platform. And people don't know this. And they're not well-educated in this. And you're telling them that replacing a meal with a smoothie is inherently good. And it's not. If someone's having like a high, you know, corn syrup smoothie, yeah, that's not a good replacement for a salad. Yeah, God, everybody's body is different. We yeah. don't mm-hmm. all function the same, so it's like, what's good for you isn't going to be good for somebody else. <sighs> so, can we talk about thigh gaps? Oh yeah, please. <laughs> I haven't had a thigh gap since I was probably 12. (laughs) I actually had one probably until quite recently. My thighs touching has been a new phenomenon for me, but it wasn't really a thing until recently, right? Oh, my God. Girl, being in the South and having chub rub is like the worst. (laughs) It's so hot. And then when you're walking, it's like it chafes and it hurts. I never, yeah. Is it called chabra? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never knew it was called that. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I've heard always is chub rub, that's where your thighs totally. just like I rub together, it. and yeah, it hurts. <laughs> I think my thighs have rubbed my entire life because I have like big thighs. I played football in high school, and I've just always had big thighs. I guess I've never and, heard like, men coach- talk about it. Yeah. Talk about I, it. Yeah, like I've just always had big thighs and my coaches would just be like, We need you to do a favor. What's the favor, coach? Make your thighs bigger. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Big thighs save Squat. lives, have you heard? Yeah, word. Squat. <laughs> do all this other wow. stuff. You know, eat, 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 eat. Cause like, you know, you, you got bigger legs, you run. you'll run through your opponent or whatever. I was a running back. So having bigger thighs was just a great thing, right? And then, like, part of having big thighs is having no gap. Yeah. Interesting. I was very fit, and I was very athletic, and there was a point where I went in my late 20s without any preparation, like a fucking idiot, and did a seven-day hike of the Great Wall of China with my brother. And when oh, I came wow. back, I didn't fit into any of my clothes. Like, my thighs, like, when I tensed them, it was, like, muscle, muscle, muscle. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, my God. But I was a decent-sized thighs, but I've almost always had a thigh gap. Mm. But it's just body type, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not that I didn't have, like, any meat on me or that I wasn't fit. It's just, like, for me, that was such a crazy concept. And when I first heard of it... I just happen to have a thigh gap. And yeah, now y'all been living with your thighs touching all this time? <laughs> yeah. It's like very inconvenient. Uh, I don't I know any fine. other way, really. Exactly. I don't know I any different. Way, but I'm I like, fine. so like, I'm like, and I is cross this what's my happening? legs like yours. And I cross my legs yeah. and everything. Everything's just real regular. <laughs> it's just they touch. It's real regular. I love that. <laughs> I don't like, they like just touch. touch now, but it's like recent and, you know. But I always found it interesting that that's like some kind because like for me it's like I've always had like weight on me. Yeah. But it is something that I found noticeable amongst women. Like among many women, they work on trying to have a thigh gap, or they wear clothing 
that would like accentuate certain mm-hmm. things or try to make their legs look thinner or just wear black a lot and and tr- and then even take pictures in angles where they could get I don't just know how to do that. Dip, oh yeah. I, you know? It is my amazing. roommates are good at that. I'm so bad at that. I look terrible in all my you if you follow me on Instagram, he follows me on Instagram. Yeah. I'm like chaotic. I'm like, here's my face and here are people that I love. <laughs> yes. And I don't know how to curate this. And this is just I look like shit, but I just when I die, I want people to be able to filter through and be like, hey, like the picture at your birthday, yeah. none of us look good. Maybe some more. Yeah, some more definitely look good. <laughs> but we don't. And we're like, it's fine. <laughs> this is a memory. This is the only photo I took. Oh Carl was at gosh. the point that I got there clutching a bottle of Hennessy. <laughs> death grip that I've never seen. I was like, no one's getting this Hennessy. No, I was like, it. babe, I just got it. Please, it's just mine. Please. You know, but it's so amazing what some women can do with angles and yeah. with positioning their bodies unreal like how much of yeah. a difference that makes in pictures that? yeah it's like you do it with your foot where it's just your toe touching the ground this is really your toe but like what it does is it like accentuates the rest of your leg yeah so it makes your butt look rounder yes it's it's crazy it's, it's actually cra- i'm like damn there, like, there's this my- yeah there's this guy i follow on tiktok and he oh, does asian guy well uh no this this is uh i believe he is a gay white man and he is just he's so sassy and i love it and he does these uh boudoir photo shoots for Mm. uh i think men and women but he gives bigger women like tips uh they'll ask questions and he's like okay when you lay on the bed like cross your leg over this leg and throw the you know sheet over you where it's kind of hiding your fupa or whatever and he'll tell you like how to do your legs where it makes your butt look kind of bigger and you know accentuate your good you know good parts they say and kind of diminish the other and it's just unreal how how something so simple will change the way your body looks in pictures. Yeah, I really got to work it out. Yeah. I just look <laughs> It's like unreal. Rat. I yeah, always I'm look just, ratchet. I'm just popping up in photos. I'm just like, yeah. Same. Yeah. I'm just like, eh. just like yeah. I like don't wear enough makeup. I also, My hair is like, always messy. Ugh, same. And I don't know how to pose. Like I'm just always, Ditto. I always look like 15 times worse in photos <laughs> than I do yeah. in person. I also just don't like the camera. There's you a picture of me. I'm like, you, I'm like four years old. I'm like four years old. Somebody's taking a picture of me, and like back then, you know, cameras are fucking huge. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, the and Polaroids. I'm word, and I'm looking at the camera like, why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Like, why do we need a picture of me? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember when home videos were like all the rage? Like the the big cameras. Oh yes. Oh my lord. Oh, oh, we never had that. I hated that period of my life. Because <laughs> my you find videos, I don't think I yeah. had any videos of me as a kid. Oh my we god, we did not have the money. <laughs> my my stepdad used to walk around with his. Yes, Carl, say something. Yes, just say something, do something. It's like, like what the hell? I'm like what? <laughs> yes. You said say something. What? Yeah. And I got to be honest, yeah. if home videos existed, I would have been like naked playing air guitar. That's <laughs> my stepmom always talks about the first time she was introduced to me and that's exactly what I did. I like got naked. She is like very she's she's 6 years younger than my dad was significant considering my dad's quite young. And I think I was like 8. So she must have been like 23. 
And he's like, this is my, this is my child. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do a naked. Yeah, let me show you what I can do. <laughs> nice to meet you. Here yeah. I am. <laughs> you know, I was always jealous of kids that were like that in home videos. Yes. Just like super excited. Yeah, to be I on was the getting camera. my ass whooped in those home videos. Yeah, like it's I'm embarrassing. Like, <laughs> I wish we had home videos. We were entertaining as hell. My brother was always dressing up as a woman with our dress up. You look great. Oh, I love it. <laughs> my brother used to put a pot on his head and call himself Cochleman. Like oh, my oh my gosh. god, that's great. Like a like a plant pot. <laughs> we were entertaining children. I was just chilling. I, I, I would, I would do whatever I wanted, and I would have like a sixth sense. Fuck, dad got the camera. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's time to stop what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But don't you wish you had it now? Um, because I do. Because yeah, I yeah. Like you know, I I I wish I was a little bit more amenable mm. to the home videos, because then maybe I'd have cuter home videos or something <laughs> but but you know even as an adult i'm just like whoa whoa we're, we're gonna do this camera thing all right yeah still a mental preparation thing. yeah like i've got to get ready and like, to be on camera and like lisa said i feel like i don't know i don't know if it's just if it's just me but i feel like my body and everything looks different in pictures uh, and not what i see in the mirror i feel the same way in my mind, I'm way hotter in person than I see me in person. Same. Like, I feel I'd be that so way. Mad. Tell me it's real. I'd be so Tell mad. Tell me you look at my Instagram, you're like, Dan, Lisa, you're way better than that. Nah, I'd be like, yo, <laughs> you fire both times. You fire. I'd be looking at my my photos and I'm like, yo, who the fuck is that? Yes. Like, I don't recognize myself. Like, that's not oh, what I looked yo. at in the mirror before I left home. Yeah, so, you got a clone? Like, you got some guy <laughs> acting like me? Because that's like not me. Yeah, I went out for an event yesterday for work, and our bartender took some pictures. And I was looking at pictures of me, and, like, my dress looked great. Like, people were like, you look amazing. And then I saw these pictures, I'm like, I look fat. And I'm like, fuck this! Why did I have to see this shit? It looked great. That's all I needed to know. And now I'm like, damn, it's not that good. <sighs> okay, we are not going to, we're, we're going to wrap up. This is out of control. <laughs> I've had such a good time. I just it's this has been so much fun. Paige, thank you so much. Thank y'all for being our first guest. Thank y'all thank so you. much We're for having me. I've had so much guests fun. all the time now. This is just way more fun. Like folks are gonna love the guesting. They're like, yes, it's about <laughs> my it's my time. Yes, I've got to figure out how to like be as good as Paige right now. Yeah, like, Paige is out here. It's like it you down. set a high bar. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. <laughs> There's no, <laughs> no. <laughs> if you live in New York, you gotta be. Yeah, yeah. The way it is. Mm. Do you want to? Do you want to like plug anything before you go? Um. Well, my podcast is Reverie True Crime, and Twitter is Reverie Crime Pod, and Instagram is Reverie True Crime. Nice. That's all very consistent. <laughs> and great. Yeah, gotta love it. Gotta love consistency. Well, thank you so much. Thank y'all. Thanks for listening. 
Cult America is co-hosted and produced by us, Lisa Charlotte and Carl Joseph Black. Our production partner is Three Springs Media. Our research assistant is Thea Smith and our artwork is by Estella Illustrated. Soundtrack is by King Virtue and So Soon. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps. We release bonus episodes there where we cover American movies. You can get in touch with us at cultusapod.com. You can leave comments on the episodes or you can contact us through the contact form. You can also find us on Twitter at cultusapod. If you want to be featured in an upcoming episode, please send a voice clip to the email address in our show notes. And that's it. See you later. My ancestors ain't died for me to be taking shit from no crackers You want me to preach peace, but my frequency is on ratchet Don't wanna protest when a whole ratchet Don't wanna hold tep a whole balance Every chant for white lies, a rant a white lies So we show them that black lives matter Last night I had a dream The cops were harassing me Talking slick while passing I'm Paige, the host of Reverie True Crime I tell stories of helpless victims, vicious killers, predators watching their prey before they strike, survivors, petty crimes, people we think we know who do the unthinkable, and the dangers that lurk not only in the dead of night, but in plain sight and the light of day. Every once in a while, I'll also tell stories of the frightening paranormal, elusive cryptids, haunted locations, and conspiracies that may be silly or thought-provoking. You can listen to Reverie True Crime wherever you're listening to this podcast. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at Reverie Crime Pod. Facebook, Instagram, and even Tumblr at Reverie True Crime. Remember, stay safe, be aware of your surroundings at all times, and take care.